I'm your host, David Nage. This is Baselayer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Baselayer podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of ARCA, where David Nage is a principal. ARCA is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast series available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform. The podcast series does not constitute financial advice or other professional advice or services. Please do your own research. This is David, and this is your new episode of Base Layer. I have Michael Wagner, the CEO and co-founder of Star Atlas with me today. Michael, how are you? Hey, doing great. Uh, thanks, David. Really, really, really excited about this one. I remember I was checking Star Atlas out about two months ago with my iPhone, and then I was connecting it to my laptop, and I was seeing these immersive generative NFTs and I knew, especially with the music going background with Blondish and some others out there, I'm like, holy crap, this is going to be the coolest thing in the world. And I still think about that today. So Star Atlas, for everyone who does not know, and there's obviously lots of people who don't because we're going to tell you all about it today, is a grand strategy game of space exploration, territorial conquest, political domination, and more. This is in the what we are calling the newer paradigm shift of focus in the play-to-earn digital asset blockchain-based gaming trend that is exploding right now. And so Michael and his team are right at the forefront of that with Star Atlas. So before we get too far into that, Michael, what we'd like to do with our founders and people who come on, what did you do before this? Um, what was the inspiration along your journey to become a founder in the space and obviously build one of the more talked about games in the entire world right now. Yeah, thanks, David. I mean, that was a, that was a great introduction to the product, by the way. Uh, I couldn't have done it better myself, so I appreciate that. Um, yeah, my, my formal background is in TradFi, uh, Capital Markets. I am a CFA charter holder. And so formerly, I worked in the fields of portfolio management and investment and securities analysis. And um, this was historically with um, both high net worth individuals as well as institutional clients. But, um, you know, the more exciting part of, of my life has been um, since I was introduced to Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. And, and that took place back in 2013. Um, this is actually just on a bike ride with a buddy of mine. He started talking to me about trading these altcoins and the ability to uh, mine cryptocurrencies with compute power and um, maybe just some more relevant background kind of you know grew up as a big computer nerd uh, was part of a group of friends um, that we called the Lanarchists and so this was in the, in the 90s back when you know broadband internet wasn't widely available and uh, our weekends were usually spent uh, bringing our big CRT monitors and towers over to somebody's house networking them all together in a LAN and then playing games, uh, you know, through the weekend, drinking Mountain Dew and, and eating pizza and just playing games all weekend. And then, you know, having our parents come pick us up at the end of the weekend or, or uh, you know, when we could drive, uh, driving ourselves back home. But um, uh, so he started talking to me, my buddy Gabe started talking to me about mining cryptos with GPUs. And we had built all of our own computers growing up. So it wasn't a far stretch for me to you know, start to investigate what would be required uh, to set up these mining rigs. And that was my foray into the space, a really bad timing in 2013, because this uh, 
pretty much immediately preceded the collapse of Mount Gox and then, you know, the, the two-year bear cycle that was to follow. But um, I feel extremely fortunate because it did uh, manage to captivate my interest in the potential, um, not only of blockchain and the technology, but just the opportunities that would exist going into the future as a result of this technology. And uh, so I spent the next couple of years just researching as much as I could about it, and getting myself involved in every opportunity that I could. Um, ultimately, in 2015, went on to give up my formal career and go full-time into crypto, launched my first company in 2016 in the space. And um, it's it's a, a company called Tox. Uh, we operate at the intersection of crypto and cannabis, providing these decentralized financial solutions and uh, ecosystems to the legal cannabis industry. Um, and really through that company met uh, a couple of the individuals that went on to co-found Star Atlas with me, and that's uh, Danny Floyd and Jacob Floyd. And so, um, you know, over the course of, of, of uh, the development of TOGS, um, kind of moving into 2020 and analyzing what was taking place across uh, DeFi, which was hotly popular at the time, and also seeing the emergence of NFTs and also um, uh, it's kind of the, the early stages of blockchain gaming, um, we all identified a, a real tremendous opportunity to develop something that was bigger and better and could really captivate the world. And that was through building out a AAA gaming experience uh, using technology like Unreal Engine 5, um, you know, which is going to deliver cinematic quality graphics and, um, um, you know, hyper-realistic uh, visual fidelity. But you, coupling that experience with all of our expertise uh, within the blockchain space. And so, uh, we we kind of conceptualized the idea in mid 2020. Um, went through a uh, an exercise of pre production planning and started talking to people about it. Um, you know, potential interested parties, including the the folks at Solana and at FTX and Alameda Research and and Project Serum. And um, you know, we could tell we were onto something pretty early on. Um, and you know, that's that was essentially what took us up until the the beginning of year 2021, which is when we formally announced and. I can tell you, David, it has been quite a wild ride this year. <laughs> As I said, there's been a lot of attention to this project. So those that are going to be looking, you know, we'll give you the links to where you can go and look, find out more about Star Atlas, start to take a look at what they've been building there. I want to talk a little bit more about game models and game heuristics when it comes to play-to-earn digital asset-based blockchain-based games. And so you're using Unreal. And so Unreal and Unity are two of the more prominent engines out there today. Do you think, and this is again more philosophical, but as we are moving forward, you know, we are starting to see worlds of decentralized storage, decentralized compute, decentralized search and query and indexing. And so we're also starting to see a world where there are more interoperability tools today. And so you're starting to see the merge of some of these different disparate pieces to create more of what we call obviously web three within that there also could be the ability where you can create sophisticated gaming engines that are decentralized that you have validators that are validating the storage components you have you know potentially the use of a DAO to actually start to be able to create creative and uh, parts of the game do you think in the future that we could potentially have a digital asset blockchain based gaming engine for the games that are being built in the future in the space? I think, um, well, so I fervent, fervently believe in Web3. Uh, definitely see 
the potential of decentralized web and decentralized storage and even you know decentralized compute being a thing of the future. And you know, we can talk a little bit more about um, how Star Atlas, the concept of Star Atlas as a metaverse, not just the video game, but really this digital alternative reality that people can persist within with a true fully functioning and self-sustaining economy underlying it, um, you know, how that will kind of support these concepts of decentralization of Web3 going into the future. Uh, you know, DAO is certainly a part of that. Now, whether or not a the game engine itself could be a decentralized product, I, I think that would be quite challenging, to be honest with you. I think the potential is there, um, but I don't know if the necessity is there. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, what what uh, Epic has built in Unreal Engine is really just, it's, it's mind-blowing technology and it's leaps and bounds in Unreal Engine 5 is leaps and bounds above what we've seen in any previous generation of game engine. So it's uh, certainly going to make our job easier. Um, uh, you know, again, just kind of more direct to your question, though, mm-hmm. I, I would suppose the, the potential is always there. Uh, I right. just don't know that the demand is there. Right. Yeah, we're going to get to that point. Um, I think eventually at the end of the day that you will have different parts of the engine or different parts of the creative process be there. Um, it's just something that I've been seeing, obviously, as we've launched our venture fund recently, starting to see those that are trying to tackle that as a potential uh, potential uh, genre, potential part of the overall scope of gaming. So I was curious to get your thoughts on that. As we get into Star Atlas, walk us through this. So in the games that we're seeing today, there are different components to that. There are the NFTs, uh, which are the the collectibles, if you will. Um Obviously, from Axie to Star Atlas, those are taking different shapes and forms. Talk to us about what the NFTs or what the parts of ownership are in Star Atlas. And then talk to us about the actual gameplay. Um, What are we going to start to experience here? Are we going to have a place where we could do battles and earn rewards? Or are there going to be very self-sustaining ownership models where, again, this notion of digital asset-based games, you have this ownership model. Talk to us about kind of what we can start to expect when we're getting into the game, when people are going to start to take a look. Talk to us about from the NFT side all the way to the game side. Kind of it's going to kind of a roadmap of how that's going to look. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I do want to start at, at somewhat of a, a micro level here, and that is, um, you know, before we get into the actual decentralized economy component, talking about the game and talking about the evolution of. Um, you know, whatever you want to call it, GameFi is becoming a popular term, but blockchain games or decentralized gaming. But, um, you know, his, what we've seen historically, or at least to date, it, it are generally pretty rudimentary gameplay mechanics and um, and, and even graphical fidelity. Um, you know, we haven't really seen the emergence of uh, what would be considered a mainstream video game that's attractive to a global audience. We haven't seen that delivered with the financial incentives and mechanics available through um, you know, blockchain integration. So are you um, talking, you're saying that Hunter coin was not beautiful, Michael? <laughs> hey, you know, every coin is beautiful in its own way, David. But yes, Hunter Coin, for those that don't know, was a very early game about 2014 or 2015 that, as Michael is alluding to, was not the most beautifully aesthetic game in the world. So, but it was very fun to play back then. Yeah, it was a cool, as I remember, uh, kind of a pixel based um, exploration game, right? Like land uh, kind of exploring. That's right. Yeah. Almost a um, like the, the hunting model from Oregon Trail, which I did play. I, I proudly say I played Oregon Trail back. You got it. You got it right on the head. Yep. Um, So, you know, I I guess 
Wow, David, I mean, I, I completely forgot about that, to be honest. But, you know, I'm thinking more about the games that started, you know, coming about in 2018, 2019. I mean, this concept has been around for a while. Axie has been in development for years. I want to say that they're they're going on four years now um, in development. But from us, we operate on two principles. I mean, first and foremost, we're building a game. Uh, we're, we're building a game that's for the mainstream. And so it needs to be fun. The gameplay mechanics, the pillars, the way that people interact, it needs to be enjoyable because the reason most people engage in games is uh, a sense of escapism you know, getting outside of their everyday life and, and exploring their imagination, uh, which is facilitated through the gameplay itself. Now, that's very important for us. It's critically important for us. But, you know, secondary to that is, uh, once again, this concept of the economy in the game that what we're building, you know, what we see as, as the potential in the long term is not a gaming product with a, you know, typical uh, life cycle of, say, 10 years, five to 10 years for a video game concept, but rather looking at a digital environment that can evolve through, um, through content creation and contribution from people all over the world in time um, that leads to a perpetually evolving product. Right. I mean, the metaverse itself, if done right, if executed well, is something that can live on forever, uh, far beyond the time that we're involved in it, because as it moves into decentralization, everybody then has the ability to modify and contribute. And as I said, evolve this um, uh, to be a, uh, to, to represent a little piece of themselves. So with respect to the economy, though, you know, the starting point for us is. Uh, first and foremost, we incorporate NFTs, so non-fungible tokens, uh, for virtually every visible asset in the universe. And we are literally creating an entirely new universe that people can exist within. And so that consists of things like ships, for example, spaceships, uh, since it is space exploration. Uh, so all of the spaceships are NFTs, the crew members, components and modules, weapons, shields, these are all NFT items, as well as all of the virtual real estate or land that people can uh, can own and operate on, mining equipment, buildings, structures, farming equipment, um, as well as orbital space stations, um, and, uh, and, you know, and other forms of real estate for things like habitation. So um, we use NFTs for virtually everything that is visible and can be interacted with across the Star Atlas metaverse. Um, now, in addition to that, we have two crypto native assets um, within the ecosystem. The first is called Atlas. This is a medium of exchange, transactional currency. It is the denomination of the, of the metaverse um, and most analogous to something like gold in most traditional games. The difference being this has a finite supply curve. Um, we, you know, players won't be exposed to hyperinflation because of the way that we manage the economy. Um, uh, those being really the most critical components of it. But um, Atlas is not only the financial incentive mechanism within the game. So as you're playing, as you're dedicating time to the game, you're earning Atlas or you're earning resources that have an exchange rate with Atlas. Um, so let's just use land as an example, you're producing ore. Uh, now that ore can be refined and go into the supply chain to produce new NFTs, uh, create new assets in the future, or alternatively, it could be directly sold to a non-playable character, an NPC, and um, in that exchange, converted directly into Atlas. Um, now, the nice thing about crypto native assets is that you know, there's an entire ecosystem that exists out there because of blockchain, wherein people are able to transcend the metaverse itself. They're able to transcend the game universe with this digital asset and then interact with 
decentralized exchanges, with liquidity pools, uh, with centralized exchanges, ultimately they're able to convert that unit of account into whatever their national domestic currency is. So they can actually earn real world money by dedicating time to um, engaging in gameplay. Um, now, in addition to that, we operate a, a governance token that's called Polis. Um, mm -hmm. this, we've developed out quite a sophisticated structure around this. Polis itself, uh, the master DAO, will allow people to uh, dictate to some extent the long-term development and design decision-making that we uh, execute on as a game development studio. And so, they could uh governors stakers of this token would have the ability to do things like modify the economy itself change inflation rates uh, change asset release schedules uh, they can also uh, submit proposals for feature releases or uh, new gameplay modals that they would be interested in engaging in and if these uh, proposals get approved via decentralized voting then we as a uh, as a development studio have an obligation to build those features out for the community for those stakeholders and then within the game itself there's also a three-tier DAO structure that starts with the factions uh there are three warring factions across the game and uh, uh so I, I happen to be part of the mud territory okay I, I i don't reveal what faction i'm in because i don't want to influence uh <laughs> people's decision making but um Hey, mud's a good choice. They're all good choices. <laughs> um, I should hope so, Michael. What are you trying to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm not going to reveal anything else, but um, you know, uh, and and David, that feature, you know, you just selected your uh, your faction. You know, we were really proud about rolling that out uh, just Tuesday on this week. Uh, this week, actually, so uh, really cool feature to come out. But glad you've already selected your faction, but. Um, yeah, so with, within the, the metaverse, though, there's faction DAOs, and then there are regional, which are kind of local DAOs, and then it, all, it goes all the way down to the guild level, uh, which we call DACs, or Decentralized Autonomous Corporations, uh, but what we're working on is a system where um, part of guild registration is a one-click deployment of a, of a DAO as well, and so along with that, you can manage the governance of this collective of players uh, through vote. And you can also manage the guild treasury, which leads to this entire kind of business enterprise around owning and operating a guild itself, right? Because you have all of these financial resources that are being generated. Somebody has to direct labor on how to maximize efficiency and productivity of all of the resources that the guild itself possesses. Um, and obviously their objective is to maximize income, you know, just like any other company, uh, uh, you know, typical company, um, uh, in the world. And um, so we think that that's going to be very empowering. It's something that we're definitely focused on. But outside of that, we also have uh, DeFi components that are going to be integrated into the game. And uh, so this is things like being able to take residual income that you've earned off of the game, contribute that to something like uh, Anchor Protocol on on Luna network or on Terra network rather. Um, so you can generate, say, a stable 20% per year through stablecoin deposits at Anchor or participating in liquidity pools and AMMs, um, and then also contributing your assets to lending pools, wherein even when you're not actively engaged in playing, somebody else can actually borrow your asset, pay you a fee for that, um, very much like a sharing economy model, and uh, and then they have the potential to go earn off of your asset. So, you know, the idea is to always have your assets or your money working in some way in the metaverse to generate revenue uh, for you as a player. Right. 
This is something that we will be talking a lot about on the show is this, there has been this confluence of DeFi infrastructure, as Michael's alluding to, where NFTs, you know, for the most part, the last year or so, everyone has kind of thought about them as collectibles, whether it's CryptoPunks or Board Yacht Club or some of the others out there. And people are starting to realize, you know, and build around this fact that an NFT is actually a asset that you can use, that you can actually also potentially lend out and receive yield on. Uh, it is a productive asset. It's not just one that is potentially something that you would put up on your wall. Um, and so this is really interesting. I love this conversation. I don't want to give away too much because I want people to get excited and I want them to go and check out Star Atlas themselves. So tell us kind of where are they right now in terms of gameplay? What can people do today? Can they, obviously, I know they can buy assets, they can buy ships, they can obviously join factions. Where is the roadmap over the next you know, three to six months? I know developing game maps and game loops is incredibly difficult, so I can appreciate that it's probably going to take the team a while. But give us a sense of what people can do today and what people are going to be able to do over the next few months. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, to, to your point, this is definitely a long-term vision and a very ambitious vision that we've outlined here. We, we fully appreciate that. Um, you know, we anticipate a five to seven year development cycle on the product for the, the core product itself. That's before it starts, you know, evolving based on community contribution. But um, the I, I think one of the ways that we're breaking the, the uh, paradigm of game development is that we're not necessarily forcing everybody to wait for a complete game before we start rolling out features. And so um, our, our timing on, on this discussion, David, is actually fortuitous because we've got um, gameplay mechanics that'll be rolling out in uh, fairly short order. It's not there yet, but um, to your point, people are currently able to interact with our fully decentralized Serum integrated uh, marketplace. And so uh, that means they can purchase some of the early NFTs that we issued through the rebirth campaign. These were uh, what we call multimedia meta posters. Um, those are really cool. David alluded to those just at the, at the beginning uh, during the intro where uh, each one of the posters is accompanied by um, uh, audio soundscapes. And these were produced by some mainstream musicians like Blondish or Bass Jackers. We had Dead Mouse on the final poster. Um, and they also are enhanced by augmented reality immersive experiences. So people are able to you know, purchase any of those um, uh, collectibles. They're also able to purchase the utility-driven assets, which are ships and utility-driven, um, implying that they have the ability to do something more than be a collectible, which in this case is in some way generate revenue uh, through deploying them through gameplay. Um, this product itself, the marketplace, was built completely from scratch. You know, so uh, we're we're very proud of what we've been able to deliver to date just on the marketplace experience. But that kind of leads into the gameplay, uh, which we have um, on a phase cycle, starting with um, uh, a version of ship missions, and then land development, and then ultimately space station construction. Um, this will be over that three to six month uh, cycle that you're describing. Now, um, we are actually building out two concurrent products, though, uh, as if things weren't complicated enough. Uh, <laughs> what's important to us is that we're able to deliver gameplay features to those people that are purchasing assets from us now so they can actually exercise that utility of those assets. And so um, what that means is we're building a, a mini game in browser web-based experience at the same time that we're building the full production game in Unreal Engine. And so um, over time, what, what uh, the people will encounter is 
we will be um, synchronously delivering gameplay features on this iterative basis. So there's always new things to interact with, always new ways to deploy your assets and always new ways to make money off of the game. And so again, kind of just uh, circling back on, on the mini game itself, uh, the next features to roll out will be this version of ship missions where you can send your ships out um, and uh, you know they engage in, in battle. And as a result, you're able to earn Atlas from that. Uh, then land development comes and then uh, orbital space stations. Now on the on the unreal development uh, cycle, you know we're we're hopeful that we'll actually have an initial experience for the user by the end of the year. That that very well might not happen. Um, it might it might bleed into Q1, but mm. in effect, the Unreal Engine um, uh, experience is going to be a showroom, and so users will be able to go interact with other people. They'll be able to go browse the showroom, uh, um, uh, view ships, configure ships, and even send those ships out on some of the same missions that you're able to send them on through the web-based game. What's really cool about us using blockchain as really the data layer underlying all of this is is that um, interactions uh, that take place on any one of the game um, environments. And so uh -huh. in the future, we might build a mobile game. We are currently building the web-based game and we're also building the Unreal game. Um, those uh, those will all synchronize on the back end because it, it, uh, they're all utilizing the same database. So yeah. somebody that takes an action on the web-based game, that action will be reflected in the Unreal Engine version of the world, which I think makes is really, really cool. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And the iterative process, I think hopefully people can appreciate that a Fortnite, you know, back in the day, it was one map, and it's still kind of one map, but it was, it was very simple. And then you develop more maps, you get more complexity out of it, you add more new kind of narratives to it, more characters to it, more items to it. Um, and games like that live on for you know, Fortnite's been around for, you know, five, six, seven years now. Um, and so if you look at Roblox and you look at Minecraft, I mean, for goodness sake, that's 20 years plus. And so the games that people love are the ones that there's continuous adaptation, there's continuous new additions. And so I really love that roadmap on this. Where, you know, we always like to do this at the end, Michael, where can people go? You know, obviously just feel free to give them a site. Where can people go so they could, you know, potentially, you know, test it out? Obviously, for those that are not familiar with this, and there are many who are listening to who are not, I would recommend first and foremost, you know, potentially go getting a phantom wallet. You can download that. It's pretty easy. Uh, if you do not have Solana already, Sol, uh, you can go and find that you know, potentially at Coinbase or other places that you look. Um, not financial advice, of course, people, but, you know, this is, you know, if you want to start testing these things out, you can go and do that. Uh, and that would be important. So where can people go, Michael? As I said, I already kind of gave them the, the phantom and the wallet kind of suggestions. Where can they go and start taking a look at all of this? Yeah, phantom is a great suggestion, by the way. It's very similar to MetaMask for anyone who's familiar with that, but not familiar with the Solana ecosystem. Uh, phantom has embedded NFT support. So you're actually able to see all of your NFTs directly in your uh, browser plugin wallet. Um, and they're also integrating Wormhole directly into that. And mm -hmm. Wormhole is a, is a cross-chain interoperability protocol that will allow you to move assets between Solana and other blockchain protocols like Ethereum in the future. So great, great recommendation there. Um, from our standpoint, always like people to, to make the first stop at staratlas.com at our website. 
Um, the website itself was uh, a labor of love. Um, it's a really beautiful. And it is a beautiful website. It Thank is you. a beautiful website. Thank you. Beautiful and interactive site. And there's two documents on there that everybody should read. And that is our, uh, our game uh, white paper and then our game economics and tokenomic white paper. So highly encourage everybody to read those. Um, uh, you know, uh, outside of that, the actual gameplay experience is on play.saratlist.com. This is our marketplace for now. Um, this is where you'll be able to view all of those NFT assets. You can purchase those. Um, we uh, we once again have a uh, a full Serum Dex integration. So anything that you're purchasing from the site is actually um, fully executed on decentralized exchange markets. Uh -huh. And so in many cases, you might be buying or selling an asset to or uh, or from or to another another person somewhere in the world. Um, and uh, so you can kind of go interact with that, get a, get a feel for what the marketplace. Uh, looks like and how it operates but that marketplace is also where the game will live uh, the in-browser game will live in the future so we're constantly rolling out new features to play.startless.com and then in terms of community uh you know we we have a great community across telegram and twitter but uh, most of the gamer strategists if you will are are all um operating in discord uh -huh. i think we have something like seventy-five thousand people in discord right now many of these people are in guilds that started forming back in february shortly after we announced they started forming strategy that early and recruiting players that early and so if you have questions about the game uh, or you have questions about strategy or which items you should buy or why you should buy certain things, or if you're just looking for a, uh, a guild to join, our Discord's a great place to go. And that's just uh, discord.gg slash star atlas. So uh, those, are, those are probably the best resources for people to get involved initially into star atlas. That's awesome. I want people to realize something out there when they're listening to Michael, that it has taken years, as I alluded to kind of in joke, and just that, you know, back five, six years ago, it was very boring, kind of isometric chessboard type of casino card-based games out there that were not very interesting. They were interesting because obviously they were the first, you know, phase of games in the space, but you are now seeing beautiful, immersive, interesting, fun, competitive games out there that not only allow you to do the traditional type of battles, but also have missions and also have groups and guilds and things that, that Michael's alluding to. This is a massive opportunity set for those that are not familiar with what's happening in play to earn games. There are 3 billion gamers around the world. Axie has gone from 38,000 daily active users to 2 million users in about five and a half months this year alone. This is not going to stop. This is going to continue. And people are starting to see that they can have fun and they can also earn an asset that they can use in their real world to buy clothes, to buy food, to pay rent. Yes, you can actually do that by playing a game and having fun and being involved in strategy. That's pretty amazing. And you own these assets. So what Michael and his team are building, check it out. I highly recommend it. As I said, Star Atlas is one of the more notoriety type of games out there. People are talking about it left, right, and center. I'm so happy we're able to come on because I know how busy you guys are. And so hopefully we can have you back on maybe in about six months, catch up on everything that's happening there. Everyone check out Star Atlas and thank you, Michael, for coming on today. My pleasure, David. It was great chatting with you and look forward to catching up again as we get a little farther down in our development cycle. 
Thanks for listening in to Base Layer. If you like the show and all the different guests that we've brought on, please give a like and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you do listen to the podcast. Also, if you want to have a conversation or reach out to me, you can reach me out on Twitter at David J. Nage. And let's talk there. Or also you can find me on LinkedIn. And I look forward to having great conversations with you all about digital assets. 